It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to hour number two of Green and Growing. Hey, it's Ashley Frasca here live in studio for you on this Saturday, November 14th. And uh, the Georgia Bulldogs game, you're looking forward to that later on today at noon against Missouri. That has been postponed, yet another victim of COVID. But we are going to have a game on for you right here on your home of the dogs. So stay with us. And of course, Dave Baker follows me with the Home Fix-It show beginning at 9 this morning, 404 8720750 going to talk to Tina and Canton about a crown of thorns plant and Vera and Griffin about bringing in plants whether to bring them in or not we're getting worried about those temperatures dipping down and I woke up to 42 degrees this morning so that is pretty chilly but up first because he's been patiently waiting on the line Jerry calling from Atlanta good morning Jerry Good morning Ashley hope you're well Yeah glad to talk to you how can I help Well I have a summer uh, vegetable garden that's all done now and uh, I'm getting ready for next spring and I have numerous small clover type growing weeds in the uh, vegetable garden. Should I till those under uh, or should I pull them up? I'm concerned if I till them under they'll uh, stimulate more weeds in the uh, spring. And my second question is I'm a wood turner and I have a lot of wood shavings. Can I put those in the garden this winter and also till them under? Okay. So when you say, you know, you're going to prepare this as a garden bed in the spring and the summer, do you start plants from seed or from plants? Uh, from, well, both. You do a little <laughs> bit of both. Okay. Because yeah. my, my first, my gut reaction is to tell you to manually pull them. I mean, I'm a big advocate of just pulling weeds if, if it's not, you know, out of control and we're not talking about a lawn situation where it would take you weeks to do so i would pull what you can the good news is some of those weeds are going to die with the colder temperatures it has stayed so much warmer longer than what we're accustomed to so usually we see a lot of those summer weeds fading by now and some are just really hanging in because it's been warm so the good news is i would say a majority of those are probably going to die back um, but yeah, you're right. The concern of any, you know, seeds that they're dropping that are going to germinate in flower beds, it is safe to use a product called a maze. Have you heard of that? No. The only concern, it's a pre-emergent, um, and it can be used on lawns and things like that too. But, um, a maze is really good for beds, flower beds, garden beds, but it, it attacks, you know, any seed and keeps it from germinating. So that's why I asked if you're going to do vegetables from seed. But if we're not talking about doing that till April or May, an application of this now might be just fine. It may go ahead and beat some of the spring th things from germinating. And it's still a little early. I, I don't think they're going to yet. But it's best to apply something like this, this grass and weed preventer, when you till. So if you're talking about tilling that up, once after you till or pull existing weeds, kind of uh, sprinkle this over the soil, and then an early application in spring to prevent germination of spring weeds. But yeah, we're doing that early. That way it's going to be out of the soil and probably out of the way for any vegetables you want to start from seed. That's one thing that you can do, Jerry. But honestly, if you're somewhat on top of it, I would just do it manually, and, and it should be okay. Okay, and uh, what about uh, putting in uh, saw uh, dust from uh, shavings uh, from trees. I'm a wood turner, 
so I have a, a significant amount of tree uh, uh, you know, byproduct of uh, of uh, chips and wood and and more, more or less uh, sawdust. Mm-hmm. Now, have you had a soil test though in the vegetable garden? Because it is going to change the pH of the soil, adding a lot of that, so that may not be necessary um, okay. to add it. So it's. Uh, it, it's not going to hurt, but you always have to be very careful of where it came from, that you're not introducing termites or something into the soil, you know, from bringing some of that wood in. But if it's mostly just dust, I would think that's probably going to be okay. Just not a lot. And you said that the uh, product is uh, A-M-A-Z-E, Amaze? Yes, yeah. And I was reading the label as I'm sitting here giving the instructions for it. Um, and, and it is, like I said, really good for flower beds. There are other products that are probably better wide scale for lawns but this for flower beds and garden beds but you just don't want to apply it too close to when you're planting seed for the vegetable garden but yeah I mean applying it now or maybe in a month or two is gonna you know kind of get an early start on those spring weeds from germinating but we want to make sure it's run its course and it's kind of out of the soil come time to plant vegetable seed well thank you so much and have a great day Thanks, Jerry. I'm really glad you called. I'm going to do a little more research on what you're talking about with sawdust and different um, adding, you know, wood chips to the soil and stuff. I, I need to be a little better educated on that because some say, you know, if you've just had a tree taken down and the tree company has come out and they give you that big pile of, of wood chips, some say it's great to use right then. And I've heard others say, let it break down just a little bit before applying it. So there's two schools of thought on that. Many of you are shouting at your radio and I can hear all of you and you're shouting both things. So I don't know what's best. So I'm going to further look into that. Thanks so much, Jerry. 404-872-0750. Tina calling from Can. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. How are you this morning? Now you've got a fun little house plant, don't you? It's big. Yeah, well, yeah, it right. It used to be a little. <laughs> right. It's very tall. It's about four foot tall. Oh, my goodness. And quite honestly, I've transplanted, I've, I repotted it once. Mm-hmm. It's in a huge pot, but I think it's root bound. But it still blooms, and it's it's beautiful. I need to cut it back. I can't carry it up the stairs anymore. Yeah, that's huge. So we're talking about crown of thorns, folks, and that's Correct. a that can be a cool house plant. It does get very, very large, though, and they mm-hmm. say to really transplant it probably every other year or every third year, so that find, you're finding that to be the case as well? Yes. Repotting yes. it? Oh, yeah. So while well, you're but coming it blooms. up... Oh, go ahead. It blooms and it's just gorgeous in the summer. I set it on my front porch, like Walter said, and just leave it out. Good, good. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we're coming up on the time, late winter, early spring. You know, you don't want to do much right now getting into the colder months, but when it would be a good idea to repot that, maybe split it up a little bit. Um, and it needs the soil that drains really quickly. We don't want to leave it in, you know, the saucer at the bottom of the pot that's going to have the roots sitting in water. Um, so over the winter, everything needs a lot less. Um, it needs a lot less water, a lot less fertilizer. Do you fertilize it? Only in the summer. Uh, You just use a miracle grow. Good, good. Because in winter, if it needed it, you just dilute it to half strength, maybe once a month in wintertime, if it needs it. But it sounds like yours is pretty happy, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, and crown of thorns is really happy unless it gets down around 50 degrees. So you've brought it in at a great time, Tina. I know it's a little out of control. 
Um, and just a note here, too, for folks, they can be poisonous. So if this is a houseplant you hear Tina and I talking about and you think, I'm kind of interested in that, you want to look it up, crown of thorns, but it is poisonous to pets, so just keep that in mind. And then, Tina, so you also wanted to know kind of when to cut it back, right? Right, right. Oh, goodness. All right. So there's really good pruning tips, actually, that I've got online. They're a little lengthier than I want to get into on the air. And there may be some, when you make some pruning cuts, there may be a little bit of like a, an oozy kind of sap that comes out and you want to work with gloves and make sure you don't, you know, get that on your hands for a skin irritant and all that. And like I said, with the pets, um, let me send you that if you don't mind, let me send you, but it is pretty basic. And I know you want to get it under control because it's so large. So if you don't mind, I'll put you back on hold. And DeMarco, you can give him your email address, and I'll send you that if that's okay. But enjoy it. I'm so proud that you've got so well, many blooms. Thank you so much. What color? Pink or orange? What do you it's, have? It's red. Oh. It's dark pink. It's very. It's a beautiful plant. And how very did you how did you get it? Did, was it given to um, you by someone? Just happened upon it. We moved, and I went to Pikes and found a, a pot and thought it was beautiful and. That was it. Put it in, just kind of transferred it out, and it's just it's it's gone with me everywhere I've gone. And it's it's the main thing is it's big and heavy now. Yeah, and like you said, moving that that look every year. (laughs) Honey, it's (laughs) time to move this. (laughs) That's right. And you made you made it so happy, like you said. Walter gave the advice, and that's so true for many of our house plants, guys. If if they can take kind of that indirect sun outside and be a little shaded, whether it's by part of the house. Or, you know, your deck umbrella or something like that where they're not getting burned out in the bright sun. But all of these houseplants getting some indirect sun in the summertime. And that includes the holiday cacti, too, because the more sunlight those get, they keep all of that energy stored now in these months to keep putting on blooms. And it just makes us so happy. So, Tina, you did everything right. Thanks for calling. All right. So coming up, we'll also talk to Gail and Shambly and Oak Tree Fell. Oh, no. It uh, split her camellia, so what to do with that? And Kathy and Conyers, Amaryllis, how long to keep in the dark before we need to start bringing those out? That's exciting. Amaryllis, we're getting up on the holiday plants, folks. It makes me so happy. So all of that and your questions, 404 750 We'll take a break on Green and Growing, and we'll be right back on 95.5 WSB. So much to do. So little time here on Green and Growing with you until 9 o'clock. And the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. You've heard Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitzen for Kirk Malish tell us it's going to be sunny today. High only around 70, low around 54. And tomorrow, it's going to get a little chillier. We're going to have a stray morning shower possible. That's just north of 285, though mostly cloudy to partly cloudy. And lows again getting down around 43 degrees. That's what I woke up to this morning. And it's still a little chilly, so... Grab a sweatshirt, grab some coffee, and keep with us until 9 o'clock. And call us with your garden calls, garden questions, 404-872-0750. That's exactly what Kathy and Conyers did just a little while ago, and here she is. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good, and I love what you're calling about. Love it. Uh, Amaryllis was my mother's favorite Christmas flower, and I usually buy a few every year. I heard Walter talk about making them re-bloom. Mm-hmm. I usually put them outside and uh, they bloom again like in May. So this year I dug them up, dried them out, and put them in a box, uh, sealed them up with um, in some vermiculite. 
but I don't know how long to keep them in the dark before I try to get them started again. So, Kathy, you and I were on the same track because I did the same thing. Walter has given me, yeah, he's given me so many over the years. He always brings in that as our Christmas gift every Saturday, like a Saturday in December every year. So I have kept every amaryllis bulb he's ever given me. But this past (laughs) spring was the first time I'd actually planted them outside. And they had great, you know, dark green leaves on them. They didn't Mm -hmm. bloom for me over the summer, which was okay. Um, But they stayed pretty happy. So like you in September, I dug them up. I put them in vermiculite as well and dried them out really well. So you're calling it a great time because mid-November, this is what I'm going to talk about next Saturday, but mid-November is the time to go ahead and start forcing them. So what you want to do is just go ahead and pot them up. So are you a pot them in soil or pot them in water and pebbles kind of gal? I've done both, but I prefer to put them in soil that way. When I do put them out in the yard, um, you know, I don't have to worry about um, root rot or anything like that. You're right. It, you're right. So soil, yeah, and that way we can have, you know, um, a, a opaque pot to put them in. When you, when you do the soil, just cover up to two-thirds of the bulb. So you want to leave the little nose up above the soil. Mm-hmm. And for folks just wanting to do them in water, that's okay, too. If you have a clear vase or a small, medium-sized container, that you have a small, medium size, a medium size container that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, use the water level just up to the base of the amaryllis. Maybe have some pebbles there to give the roots somewhere to go. And you just keep the bottom of the bulb wet. So now's the time to do that. Place them in a sunny window. And in six to eight weeks, they should start to flower, Kathy. So I think you're right on time to get it done this weekend and then have them ready for Christmas. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm I glad. enjoy the show. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you called because that is very timely. So again, mid-November, definitely the time to start forcing the amaryllis bulbs and maybe paper white narcissus. Some of you have had that too. So something to think about if you've had them outside or you're just getting them. You picked some up from Pike Nursery or whatever. Most of the time they're already potted, but if not, it's not a big deal for you to go ahead and pot that in soil. Just remember, don't cover the whole thing with soil. Leave about one-third up above the soil Keep it watered and really use your finger and just stick it in the soil. And that's really, it's easy as that to, to tell when they're going to need water. You don't want to keep them too wet. So don't overwater them. And they really need a lot of sun now to put on those stems and those flowers. It's going to come on quickly. So 404-872-0750. Coming up just after 730, we're going to do a gardener's Thanksgiving prayer and share that with you, Walter and I. He used to share that with us every year, and I'm bringing it back. Plus, more calls. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, warming up, if you could say that, to 46 degrees. That is the temperature here on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. Good morning, Ashley Frasca, along with you this Saturday for Green and Growing. The show was supposed to go off the air at 8 o'clock because we were going to have the UGA tailgate and pregame show at 8 for a noon kickoff against Missouri, but uh, that game has been postponed. So we are bringing you, though, something special. 
You can get your Bulldog fix in today with a game, a replay of a game at 3 p.m. today. So a Saturday morning is as normal. Right now, Dave Baker is already waiting in the hallway to come in here at 9 o'clock with a home fix-it show. And then Belinda Skelton in Atlanta Living comes along at 1 o'clock. But we've had a good time taking your garden calls. And we're, t- we're getting all kinds of calls about tropical plants. It makes me so happy. I love it. 404-872-0750. And Vera calling from Griffin is up next. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. So you've got a fun tropical plant that you're calling about. Yes, the, the Hawaiian T.I. Beautiful plant. Yes. So some, some Southerners call it Hawaiian Thai plant, and it is a Hawaiian tea plant. Yes, so from Hawaii, and many of them come from uh, Southeast Asia. Really cool plant, just with those deep red, purple long leaves. So tell me where you've got it right now. Well, I have it on my patio. Well, I am from the islands, Trinidad, and we do have it in, in, the, in the Caribbean also. Now, it's on my patio, and what happened last year, I left it out too long, and all the leaves just dropped, just mm-hmm. died. So I brought it in thinking that if it pulled back up, Nothing happened. So what I had to do is I had to prune it down. Mm-hmm. So what happened during the year, this year, it, I had it in the house after I pruned it down and um, during the cold weather. And it just came back up so beautifully. It just sprung back up. And it's on my patio right now. And in the middle, there, there, there's just the pink leaves. You should see how beautiful. Anyway, what I want to know is, should I bring it in right now because I'm scared. I don't want it to that happen again. Yeah, and you're so lucky and yeah, lightning never strikes twice so you got lucky the first time. I wouldn't I wouldn't push your luck, but I'm so glad it didn't die. It rebounded. You kept it happy. Um, yeah. I would go ahead and bring it in though because the ideal temperature for a tropical plant like that is yeah. not getting much colder than 60 degrees. Um, and so I think one of the coldest overnights we're going to have, Vera, is like Tuesday into Wednesday this week. And yeah, we're just getting to that time where if we don't bring these things in now as we're thinking about them, we're going to get distracted and a cold night's going to sneak up on us. So it's just best to bring it in now. Now, do you have an area in the house where it's going to get, it's a high light house plant, so it definitely needs that bright light. You got a good spot for it? Yes, my sunroom, because I get the light from the sun in my sunroom. So that'd be fine. That's perfect. Yeah, I'd go ahead and do it now. I'd hate to tell you to just wait and wait and wait, because like I said, a, a cold night could sneak up on us. So yeah, and then just, you know, keep it in kind of more of maybe a humid room. So a sunroom is going to be great, kind of keeping some moist air in there and not anywhere near a vent and no. really not needing a lot of water. But again, it's just that manual check with your finger of the soil and making sure the soil doesn't get too dry. Oh. Um, and they're going to be so happy when the bright with the bright light, direct light. Yes, but I was wondering, on the card that I got with it, with the instructions, I saw it's like planted in the ground, so I don't know, do people do people um, plant it in the ground, in, in the soil outside? What happens to it? You're further south in Atlanta, um, where during the summer months that may be okay, but they really thrive like in zones 10 and 11, so just oh. not here, we're in zones generally 7. Um, so I, eh, I don't know. I mean, I think here it's meant more to be a house plant. Um, but if you've got, you know, a really, really sunny spot, maybe out by a pool or on the edge of the patio or something for summertime, but then you're going to have to go through that rigmarole every year of digging it out and potting it. And I would just keep it in a pot. Yes. I'm going to keep it in a pot. 
Okay, thanks a lot. I thanks love for your it. advice. You're welcome. I'm so glad you called, Vera. Love that. A Hawaiian Thai plant. 404-872-0750. See, there I go with the southern pronunciation. Hawaiian tea plant. All right, up next, Gail in Shambly. Hopefully uh, we can spare you from some storm damage, huh, Gail? Yeah, right. Oh, no. What um, happened? I've got a, a about a 10-foot-tall white camellia that was just loaded full of buds, and a few of the beautiful white flowers were already blooming out. But during our recent uh, windstorm, a large oak fell, and it fell right into it and Mm -hmm. tore off about a five-foot limb um, that was about two inches in diameter where it was torn off the main branch, the main bush. And it has a lot of smaller branches off of it, and I'm wondering if I can save what was torn off, or do I need to clip off those smaller branches and maybe try to save them? I mean, it still has green leaves. The buds are still, you know, closed up. I mean, the bush was loaded with buds. And the wound on the main bush is about eight inches long where it was torn off. And is there anything I can do to save them both? Unfortunately, there's no kind of grafting or tying together or anything like that that you can repair what's already been done. Um, Maybe some pruning would be recommended just to not stress it out as much because it is trying to still send that energy back up into those smaller limbs because it was ready to start blooming, right? So you must have the um, japonica because it's going to start blooming like February, March, right? No, it's already blooming. They're they're large, solid white blooms. They're really pretty. Okay, okay. But the the five foot limb that came off. Is there any way I can put some stimulator on the on where it was torn off and replant it, or some kind of stimulator or something? Or can I cut off the the smaller branches that are on it and save them? Yeah, absolutely. You could try to propagate those. Sure. Yeah. Maybe a rooting hormone or something like that. And now's a good time to try to do that if you want to keep it out in the sun as long as you can, but then bring it into a protected garage or anything like that, that we're going to try to propagate now. We're going to protect from the the cold weather, but you could certainly try to propagate some cuttings from it. Absolutely. Some rooting hormone. And is there anything I can do to the main bush that remains to um, protect where that wound is on it. Right now, I wouldn't do a whole lot. I would kind of, it's a wait and see game, Gail, because I'm assuming this was with Zeta, like that one Thursday, yes. two weeks ago. Yes. Okay. And it's still holding its leaves, which is a little bit of a good sign. But if you try to do any corrective pruning or anything like that right now, it's going to stress it out even more. And it's just not the right time to prune it now because new growth will be subjected to a winter freeze, which is no doubt coming sooner rather than later. So um, take what you can, save what you can from the part that looks like it's going to be cut off. And if if damage like that ever occurs and is just really putting like a weighty break on the part of the plant that was damaged the most, it probably is best to go ahead and cut it yourself with really sharp uh, loppers or even something a little bigger since you said the limb sounded so big in diameter because what we don't want to happen is any weight that comes on that broken part of the plant to break it even more and just have a very harsh unnatural rip and break that's going to cause more damage to the bark and the outside of the plant so if it's something that you just see it just hanging it's best to just go ahead and cut it make a clean cut but don't put anything on it don't put anything on that cut to heal it over, it'll heal itself. But I think you're you're thinking on the right track to go ahead and save what you can, take the little cuttings from the uh, the new growth, and try to propagate what you can. So, Gail, if you need any further info on that, go to WalterReeves.com and in the search bar type uh, "propagate" and you'll find some 
extra advice on how to do that in soil, maybe a little bit of rooting hormone and all that. Thank you for the call. 404-872-0750 is the number. And I get a lot of uh, great questions on Facebook, too. On the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page, if you use a search Facebook for that. So I got one from um, Woody said, we have a large pot of coleus that we're hoping to overwinter, right? That's the theme of the show today. Have taken some cuttings, and I'm rooting those, how to overwinter the main plant. So coleus is just the all different colored, really leafy, fun, almost reminds you of a terrarium kind of plant in the summertime. Sometimes they're not worth the hassle. You're just better off in the summertime Uh, letting them die back, and then you just buy new ones. But I did tell Woody, it's great to at least have taken cuttings because that'll have good roots come maybe January. You'll start seeing those white roots, and you can pot them. And just keep that coleus inside, wait until late April when all of the threat of frost has passed to put those back outside. And, yeah, a lot of people just don't have success overwintering coleus. But if you want to give it a shot because it just got so big, And it makes you so happy over the summer, so you're not ready to let it go. Keep it in a sunny window and hope for the best. And same goes with all of these things we're bringing in in the wintertime. Just make sure to not overwater. They do need water, but make sure to not overwinter them. Because a lot realize that it's colder weather and they don't need to be overstimulated like they would in in the hot sun when they're just demanding more water. So... Thank you for the question, Woody. Visit uh, Green and Growing WSB on Facebook. So now is the time, as I've been promising, a gardener's Thanksgiving prayer. This is something that Walter shared on the Lawn and Garden Show every Thanksgiving time, every show, every year. And uh, he and I have a great time doing this together. So I wanted to keep that tradition going. I am going to be out next Saturday, so that's why we're doing it uh, this Saturday, a little early in time for Thanksgiving, but I hope you enjoy. And if you want to listen to it again or share it with some other gardeners, it will be on the Facebook page this weekend, so you can find it there. A Gardener's Thanksgiving. Let us give thanks for a bounty of people. For children who are our second planting, and though they grow like weeds and the wind too soon blows them away, may they forgive us our cultivation and fondly remember where their roots are. For generous friends with hearts and smiles as bright as their blossoms. For feisty friends as tart as apples. For continuous friends who, like scallions and cucumbers, keep reminding us that we've had them. For crotchety friends as sour as rhubarb and as indestructible. For handsome friends who are as gorgeous as eggplants and as elegant as a row of corn. And the other, plain as potatoes and as good for you. For funny friends who are as silly as Brussels sprouts and as amusing as Jerusalem artichokes. And serious friends as complex as cauliflowers and as intricate as onions. We're thankful for friends as unpretentious as cabbages, as subtle as summer squash, as persistent as parsley, as delightful as dill, as endless as zucchini, and who, like parsnips, can be counted on to see you through the winter. For old friends, nodding like sunflowers in the evening time, and young friends coming on as fast as radishes. For loving friends who wind around us like tendrils and hold us despite our blights and our wilts and our witherings. And thankful, finally, for those friends now gone, like gardens past, that have been harvested, who fed us in their times, that we might have life thereafter. For all of these, we give thanks.
Thank you, Scott. We are back at 7.53, almost 8 o'clock. It's shaping up to be a pretty nice day outside. So the weather update, so you know how to plan the weekend. Sponsored by Finley Roofing. Sunny today, high around 70. We will have a warm-up and then lows getting back down into the mid-50s. And tomorrow, a stray morning shower is possible. Northern part of Atlanta, mostly cloudy to partly cloudy. And lows back around the low 40s as they were this morning. And maybe no rain in the forecast until Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, one of the things you can do with the nice weather today is go ahead and be thinking ahead to spring and plant your bulbs where they're out of direct sun of the midday. That's where they're going to be happiest. Once you've dug up some of that soil, sprinkle a little bit of like 10, 10 ton fertilizer, dig it in as you prepare the area for planting. And the bulbs have to have that chilling requirement that's only satisfied by the winter soil temperature. So that's why we do that now. They have a few months to chill. And then they bloom in the spring. Number two, rough plow or spade garden plots that contain heavy clay soil. We know that all too well. Add organic matter and maybe lime if indicated by a soil test. If you've not had one done, very easy to do. Call 1-800-ASK-UGA-1 to get the information for your county extension office. And they will give you uh, a kit to send in some soil. And I think they also have soil test kits at Pike Nursery as well. If you've never done one, it might be good. But leave that soil rough once you've kind of moved it all around. And winter's thawing and freezing is going to break up some of that clay and then kill some of the insects that are overwintering in the soil. So you'll be ready to go by springtime. And number three, we've talked about it all morning long. And you've had some great questions, too, about moving plants inside. If you haven't already, this week is probably going to be a good time to do that because then next week's Thanksgiving and you're distracted and there's just so much going on. So do it now while you're thinking about it. Most houseplants can't really tolerate anything much below, I would say, the low to mid-50s once the air temperatures get that cold for repeated nights. So ferns, someone asked about ferns. So I just thought, okay, Boston ferns, they can be cut back before being taken inside, but they need humidity rather than dry heat. And a lot of you may be shaking your heads too. Ferns just may not be worth overwintering. They're going to shed. They're going to make a mess in the house. So that's totally up to you if you have something that you want to save. And make sure to do some research on some of these house plants that you have. You've probably thrown the tags away or the labels they came with. But when we're talking about house plants and things we're going to have in the house and that can be overwintered, um, that they're not annuals, we, we need low light, medium light, high light. Um, all of those have different needs as far as whether they would do okay away from a sunny window. We were talking about the Hawaiian tea plant. That is something that just really requires full sun. We were talking about that with Vera. So know that you've got it in the right place. Keep it up away from kids and pets and all those kinds of things. And you really have to water a lot less in the wintertime. So that's good news for those of you who are afraid you're going to kill some of these things that you're bringing in. Yeah, they got rained on all summer and they stayed really happy. But now it's just a matter of checking the soil with your finger, seeing when they need water. And also, if you've got one of those plastic saucers underneath the pots, make sure that they aren't sitting in water that's caught up in that saucer. Make sure that saucer doesn't keep just you know, stagnant water in it because that's going to keep the roots too wet. So that would mean you're overwatering it if, if the water is honestly just kept up in the saucer that long. So I think what we're going to do at 8 o'clock, back by popular demand, we had so many really good uh, reactions to the Celebrity Gardener interview with Chuck Lavelle of the Rolling Stones, world-renowned keyboardist and with Allman Brothers back in the late 80s. So 
I'm going to play a few clips of the interview I had with the tree man, Chuck Lavelle, coming up at 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss that. And then we'll have Pike Nursery along at the bottom of the hour to talk about a holiday plant that you don't want to miss either. 8 o'clock is loaded. Stay tuned to Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca on WSB. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.